my name is Olivia Duncan. I'm a solicitor at BP Collins. And I am James Constable, also a solicitor at BP Collins. And this is the Criminal Maze podcast. Over the last two series, we've spoken to a number of guests who have given us a, an insight into the criminal justice system, which is a system that most people don't understand much about. This series is going to be slightly different in that we're going to look at individual parts of the justice system. So we'll be looking at what happens when you're arrested, um, what happens when the police pull you over, your rights when stops and searched, what a jury is, and also cases that are reported in the media. Um, we'd love to hear your feedback. If there's anything you'd like us to cover on the podcast, please get in touch with us. Today we're going to look at the jury um, and court cases, where cases are heard and when a jury is actually needed. And Liv luckily was selected to appear on a jury and we'll be talking about her experience um, of that process. Yes, indeedy. <laughs> so if we start at the beginning, criminal cases can be broken down into three categories. They are summary only, either way, or indictable cases. Summary only can only be heard in a magistrate's court, and they are considered the less serious offences, so for drink driving, uh, common assault. And 95% of all criminal cases are heard in the magistrate's court. You then have either way offences, which can include assault occasioning actual bodily harm, some sexual assaults, and they can be heard either in the magistrate's court or the Crown Court, depending on if the magistrates feel their sentencing powers are sufficient, it, they can be heard in the magistrate's court, or the matter is so complex that it potentially needs to go to the Crown Court, and then the defendant has the ultimate say whether they'd like it to be heard in the Crown Court or the magistrate's court. And indictable only offences are the most serious offences from rape through to murder. And they can only be heard in the Crown Court and so can only be heard by a jury and a judge. A jury is a sworn body of people um, convened to hear evidence and render an impartial verdict um, which will be submitted to the court. There are 12 members on a jury um, age range between 18 and 75 years of age and was enshrined into English law since Magna Carta in 1215. 1919 was an important year for the, the change in the structure of a jury as it was the first year that women were able to sit on uh, a jury by virtue of their sex. When summoned to appear on a jury um, a letter is sent to you and you have seven days to respond to confirm that you can attend and, and appear on a jury for service, which usually lasts 10 days. And the BBC has said that it's estimated there's only a 35% chance of people in England and Wales being summoned for a jury because only 5% of cases go to the Crown Court. Now Liv, you were summoned to appear on a jury. Yes, I was. How did you feel when you got the letter through the post? Yeah, kind of excited um, because uh, it's not uh, something that everybody everybody gets to do. Um, I think I'm quite a civically minded person. It's quite a big responsibility. And um, obviously I work in the field, so it was going to be really interesting to see it from the other side. 
there was also quite a, an immature feeling of, yeah, I've been chosen. Of course, everybody who's on the electoral roll is actually in the pot. <laughs> but also, I was aware of the fact that just because you get the letter through the post doesn't mean you're necessarily going to end up sitting on a jury. And if you do end up sitting on that jury, you have no say over the trial that you're overseeing. And you say that in terms of potentially not appearing on the panel um, when you were selected, is it just 12 members of the jury that appear in the room or are there more that are selected? No, it was fantastic. So I was selected to um, do jury service at Stairsbrook Crown Court. Um, and when I arrived on the first day, it was summer, so it's quite sweaty. I'd walked there. It was only shortly after COVID, so there was still some regulations in place. And then we were sort of herded into... Um, it was like a dining room, like a school dining room. And there was maybe mm, 100 people there. There was a lot of people there. And we all had to kind of check in at the beginning. Um, there was a, a large, very efficient woman behind a, a COVID screen um, who had uh, a lot of, um, yeah, she made a lot of clicking noises on the computer. She definitely knew what was happening and what was going on everywhere. And she sort of then funneled us into different groups and it was only later on in my jury service that I realised that was just the kind of the first waiting pen. As you, as you, after you'd been um, checked in <laughs> on that first day, they're then kind of more relaxed. They know who you are. They know that you've arrived on time. So um, there are other rooms that you can wait in um, once you're an established juryman. Um, <laughs> but on that first day, it's all pretty chaotic and there's a lot of time waiting. And then, as I said, you get funneled into these different groups and you'll be assigned potential spaces on... Well, you're not assigned your space yet, but you're um, ushered into a selection room, which is a courtroom. And you're taken into court, selected as a panel member. And that's that's quite nerve-wracking in and of itself because it's all random. So you get, you get shown into a courtroom, you sit in the public gallery, and then they've got like a, a bunch of it's like cards with your name on on with well, each person so there's a selection I can't remember the exact number now but well more than 12 maybe there's 18 people that get called in and they'll then the first 12 names that get picked out of the list of, uh, of the bunch of cards they then go and sit where the jury would sit in a trial so it's quite theatrical um and then you're, so you're sitting in the public gallery waiting for your name to be called and it's completely random and yet it does it, you feel quite ner nervous about it at the same time and the way things fell out for the two weeks that I was doing jury duty I was called twice and the first time I was called I was jury person number 12 so it was like the last card and then I was called up and the second time I was jury person number one. So didn't have to stress so much, but it is completely random. So being jury person number one, does that make you the four person? Well, it wouldn't normally because normally you get to choose the four person, uh, the jury, the jury get to choose those 12 people. But I was in an unusual case, an unusual trial where, well, not that unusual actually, not that unusual at all, but the, the um, defendant decided to change his plea. So obviously the trial had started with him having entered a not guilty plea. And after three days, I think, he decided that he was gonna change his plea to a guilty plea. So um, it then became something 
that I hadn't previously had any experience of. But because the trial had started, we as the jury had to enter a verdict even though the defendant himself had changed his plea. So we didn't have any discussion as jury people as to the final verdict. We didn't get the opportunity to to choose or select our foreman as you would do normally when you go into the final deliberation as a jury. Um, we just got called back into court. The situation was very rudimentally and succinctly explained to us. And then because I happened to be sitting in the first seat, because as a jury person, you're, you must always return to that same seat so you can't swap I just by default then became the foreman so then I had to stand up and pronounce this this poor offender (laughs) guilty even though and I had to repeat the words that were said to me and that the words were that I can't remember them off by heart now but it was that we as a jury had decided a, a verdict when and I remember when we left the courtroom, there was a few of the people on the jury who were quite put out by that. You know, we hadn't decided, they hadn't decided. But then I, you know, condemned this man. No. <laughs> and for those that don't know, the four person's role may include asking questions to the judge, but also delivering the verdict that the jury reach. A jury's decision must usually be unanimous, but in some circumstances, a majority verdict may be acceptable. Um, so in some cases where the jury have been deliberating and can't come to a, a unanimous verdict, it has to be no less than two hours of deliberating. And the judge may say that a majority verdict of 11 would be agreeable. Sometimes a decision can't be reached by a jury after deliberating, and that's known as a hung jury. If the Crown... So the Crown Prosecution Service intend to prosecute that person. Again, they have to start a new trial, throw in a new jury and have a separate trial. And that's been seen in the news relatively recently with the case of Benjamin Mendy um, and during the London riots, the case of Kevin Hutchinson Foster as well. Um, And we will be touching Mm -hmm. on those cases later on in the series. Did anyone on the jury panel find out that you were a criminal solicitor? Um, Well, at the time, I was doing more civil work than criminal work, so I was able to kind of hide behind that, and nobody rumbled me at all to begin with. Um, So in the the first trial, I remember the first day after we'd been selected, uh, and I was jury person number 12, and we went into our little deliberation room, because once you're on the jury, you're then guarded quite closely by the court usher, Um, so you are led into a kind of... It, to me, it reminds me of a cloaking room, but it's just for the jury, not for the not for counsel. And you're also warned not to read anything in the media, aren't you? Yeah, very strictly. They, they give you guidelines. Um, you're given a very stern talking to you by the judge at the beginning of the matter before any before any witnesses are, are brought before the trial. I think also sitting in a courtroom always has that kind of impact. And strangely, being in a different position in the courtroom made me feel quite different to how I have felt in the past. You're also told not only not to look at other media, um, but you are also told not to discuss the case um, unless you're all 12 together in the same room. Um, Because ultimately, the final decision is a joint decision. 
even in those occasions, like James just said, where actually it's not a unanimous decision. But still, that principle holds. So we were all 12 in the room, and people were talking about who, who, who you know, their, their initial impressions. And you, and you could already kind of feel it out. There were some people that obviously felt they weren't going to say anything until the end of the, till they'd heard everything. Some people, one guy had brought a newspaper, which was, I thought, an interesting, <laughs> interesting choice. But most people seemed really engaged in it. And I made one comment, and I remember the guy with the newspaper kind of looked at me over the top of his newspaper, and then a couple of days later he asked me if I was a lawyer. But I kind of, I dodged it a little bit. I said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a lawyer, but this isn't my specialty, <laughs> which is half true. And you said that you took part on, on two jury panels. Um, it, it's quite normal for a jury to be discharged even after hearing an opening speech by a prosecutor and solicitor. Um, because, oh, sorry, prosecuting barrister or solicitor advocate, because something has been said that shouldn't have done in opening. Or, um, for one case, I had the prosecution open the case, even though they'd agreed to drop one of the charges, and so the jury was discharged. Um, so that's where they decide because they've heard that information, it's not possible for it to be. Yes. A fair trial. We've also had one, one case where the only evidence being heard in the trial was evidence of police officers and we asked for a member of the jury to be released because he was a police officer um, because it's important to have the impartial um, views of, of the jury and if the only evidence you're hearing is that of peers it's potentially not impartial. And that's, that's a kind of a catch-22 as well. You want them to be... It, yeah, a selection of the people from the community that the person is that the person is uh, on on trial. You know that you we are judged by our peers, but clearly, yeah, you can be too close for comfort if you're literally in the same profession, or just geographically, you're selected by the area that you live in. And so there was one instance, not on either of the juries that I sat on, but uh, there was another trial. There were lots of trials going on. Snaresbrook is a huge court. I think it's the largest in Europe, actually, criminal court. Um, the court will ensure that nobody on the jury has knowledge of the incident that the trial is going to be about and also the defendant. And um, so you confirm that you don't know that, don't know the person. And um, so everybody on this other jury that I wasn't of, I heard, I heard about it through somebody who'd been on the jury. Everybody on the jury had confirmed they didn't know the defendant. And then at the end of the first day of the trial, the defendant told his solicitor that he knew one of the people on the jury. <laughs> not, not good with faces. <laughs> yeah. And so she, and that jury person apparently just didn't realise, but they, they lived on the same estate. So she, they had to, that's another example of where the jury had sat for a day and then had to be re replaced. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Criminal Maze podcast, um, looking into the role of a jury. If you've been a member of a jury panel and have a, a funny or interesting story you'd like to share with us, please get in touch. Um, I am on Instagram, The Criminal Solicitor, and Liv is also on Instagram under... Litigation Liv. Um, and if there's anything you would like us to cover on the podcast at all, please do message us. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please like and share on the platform that you listened to it on to help spread the word of the Criminal Maze podcast.